Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, she sneaks around the world from Vienna to Carolina. the afternoon drive. I have a special treat for everyone this afternoon. John Gallo and I are on the the case of Carmen Sandiego at the Tour de France. The lady in yellow with the sign that almost ruined it for everyone. Uh, but I want to get deeper into this and even maybe teach some people something. Gallo, you included, and one of my closest friends. I, I call him the number one DJ on the coast, on the East Coast, probably top 10 DJ in the world. Also, one of the only people in my life who knows what they're talking about in the world of cycling, not only riding the bike, but actually following the Tour de France through the years. Tommy Gunn, my old friend. Tommy, how you doing, sir? I'm doing fine. Ben Darnell, how you doing? I'm doing great, my man. Now, I'm on, you know me, I ride my bike, and my bike's a little different from your bike, and Gallo's laughing yeah. right now, because sometimes I bring my bike all the way in the studio, I'm like, do you ride your bike to work? Hell yes, I rode my bike. It's foreign to people up here, Tommy, about riding bikes to work, but you are always on the ride. What are the, what's your miles up to in 2021 right now? Well, I'm, I'm only at about 900 miles so far in this year, yeah. you know? So. Yeah, Gallo peaked his head up nine hundred. That's a pretty big number in our in our book, but in Tommy's book, that's uh, lazy, is what that is. Yeah, that's lazy for me. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm usually at about about um, fourteen hundred by this time of the year. Then, man, and you so just I'm, you moved I'm, right I'm, down on the coast too. You got that beautiful coastline to ride next to, Tommy. You have no excuses. Oh, yeah, no excuses. No excuses. Been other than the rain. <laughs> what about following? I know you used to be a Contador fan, right? Like, tell me your fandom yeah, of yeah. Tour de France. Contador was your guy, yeah. right? That was my guy. Have you been following much in the in the past? Uh, well, this one in the past like five years of what's been going on. I've been following it, Ben. Yeah. So you, I, I have been following it. You know about the major pileups that we had stage one, and you know about this Carmen San Diego lady that Gallo and I are talking about. What did you think when you saw that? Did you think that that was out of the ordinary, or have you seen something like that before? You know, I thought that was out of the ordinary, and I'm, I'm going to tell you why. Most fans, if you watch the Tour de France races, you see fans that are close to you, but you know. Even though you're caught up in the moment, you know that when that peloton is coming and it's coming quick, you get out the way. I and mean, it's, it's like part in the Red Sea. You got to get out of the way. And they get tight. I mean, I mean there's some stages. Uh, John was telling me there's a stage coming up that's shorter than our hallway or, or slimmer than our hallway to actually ride your bike through. And it's going to yeah. like there are instances that fans have come in contact with bikes. I got sent a lot of video yeah. last night, Tommy, and it's it's funny stuff, but it happens. Not particularly happens. like the sign incident. And what did you think like of her reaction after she clipped that guy and just totally messed everybody up uh, i think that she realized right then that maybe she shouldn't have spoke to grandma and granddad <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and maybe 
somebody knows who I am and I need to go. <laughs> All right, catch us up, Gallo. What happened? Like, so we thought that Tommy that she got on a plane and she flew the coop and she's trying to get out of Dodge no matter what. But apparently, Gallo, you say she's still in France. She never left. Yeah. So uh, the reports yesterday were that she got on a plane, took off. They don't. They thought maybe back to Germany where they thought she might be from. That turned out to not be true. She was actually caught in France. It's a town called. Oh, it's a town called Brittany. Everybody goes to Brittany Spears. It's the northwest region of France, and it's right where the first four stages were held. So they found her in the town. She didn't really leave anywhere. She was hiding in plain sight. But uh, sources are saying that she has been arrested. You get arrested for this? She's facing a 1,500 euro fine. 1500 euros. Right. Okay. All right. So, um, and like I said, Tommy, like first first time I saw this, I thought, oh man, she's she's connected with somebody. Some other team forced her to do this, or she's messing it up on purpose. She knows exactly what she is doing. That was my first thought. And then, you know, to find all these videos of this stuff happens, and like you mm-hmm. said, you know, probably just realized that was a bad time to say hi to grandma and grandpa. That's probably yeah, yeah the extent of it but the reason my eyes peaked up my ears peaked up my interest was a little bit a little bit salty of of what the tour de france usually puts out there because it's a dirty 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 race tommy gun and i don't know if you know the complete history on it then we don't say dirty did that uh, <laughs> right. Sorry, it's a, uh, oh, it's muscle rub, Ben. It's, <laughs> all right, Tommy, let me school you on some unsolicited sports history. At this time, the Rob Dibble Show takes a look back to the sports that once were. I don't believe what I just saw. And now here's Ben Darnell with unsolicited sports history. So you know some of the recent stuff, right, Tommy? Like the mechanical doping, I think, is the most recent form of of Tour de France cheating with those little micro motors. Have you seen, like, this stuff get abused? Have you seen video of the micro motors? I have actually seen some of that. So, like, the bike keeps moving. I saw this one, Tommy, this dude gets in a wreck and the bike spins in circles because the back tire is still, like, on a motor. It's money, Ben. I keep telling you every year it's money. It's money for these teams. It's money for these riders. And uh, you think about all of these companies that have invested in this, and we want to win. I'm so glad you said that, Tommy. I honestly, on my notes, I have a huge dollar sign in the corner because when people ask, why would they do that? Why? Why would they do that? Uh, that is the you need to play the old days money. Yep. <laughs> All right. So the next one after or before let's work in reverse order before mechanical doping was blood doping. Lance Armstrong and the whole like uh, the 30 for 30 of Lance Armstrong. I'm sure you've seen it. Yeah, um, that's very yeah. good. If you want to learn what was going on. Also, there's this one called Icarus that I recommend to everybody that ropes in uh, the Russian doping as well in the Olympics in yeah. Sochi. Uh, but Tommy, I'd argue this. And, and this was kind of weird for you when you found this because you were a huge Lance Armstrong supporter. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was like a say it ain't so moment for you. But I would argue that those guys 
guys at least physically, yes, I know they're taking something, but physically did the work. I would say it's less cheating than those those mechanical dopers. Well, Ben, I, I'm almost going to agree with you to a certain extent. You're, Why not? you're asking a man over, over the course of a couple of weeks to ride over 2,000 miles. Right. At, at speeds exceeding some, somewhere in the area of 45 to 50 miles an hour. I don't care how young you are, Ben. Father time will catch you in, in those races. So true. And, and when you're losing money as the team, you need yeah. that, you know, that's all the motivation you need. And then you find out someone else is doing it that's beating you. And that's all the reason you need. And it's no surprise that it wasn't just Lance Armstrong who was blood yeah. doping back then. Well, you, you look, and like you said about the money, and, and, and we're talking these, these sponsors, uh, 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 you know, some big companies. We won't say their names, but, but I ride one of their bikes. And, yeah. and I know how much money that they poured into those bikes mm-hmm. and the, the uniforms and, and the training. So every year, you know, you get bragging rights. You get more people who are, who are tuning in. You're getting more sponsors. You, you're getting things like that. Look at those shirts. I mean, even the NBA has gotten onto that and put some logos on there. Right. That's a good point. So it, it is money. It is money, man. Money. Well, even money bef- makes the tire go round. Before your guy Contador, before Lance Armstrong, before uh-huh. any blood dopers, there was a legend yeah. by the name of Pat Boyd in the 50s. Have you ever heard of Pat Boyd? Yeah. I've heard of Pat Boyd. I've heard he of Pat. Legend. I don't know much about him. One story I found yesterday, as far as fan interference at the Tour de France, Pat Boyd. I don't remember which year it was, but it was in the decade of 1950. He ended up breaking his bike, his tire. You know, and back then, I'm guessing they don't have cars following the guys with like backup bikes that they can just pull off the roof. So Pat Boyd is like so far behind in this one stage with his broken bike. He feels like. Like, there's no way I can catch the Peloton and actually win the Tour de France. So he's just trying to fix his bike and finds a guy that helps him fix his bike. And he's also a rider and says, I know the course. I can actually help you out. And they start talking. And Pat Boyd and this guy become pretty good friends. And the guy realizes who the hell he's riding with. He's like, I'm riding with the favorite of the Tour de France. And his bike broke down. Like, we're talking 50s, Tommy. There's no social media. There's no television. Nobody knows where anyone is really on the course. So he realizes I'm riding with Pat Boyd and tells Pat Boyd, I know a shortcut, follow me. And he leads Pat Boyd in this dark alley. And even Pat Boyd's thinking, this guy's leading me in the wrong direction. This, is, this just doesn't feel right. But then he sees the Peloton at the end of this alley. And Pat Boyd goes, thanks, man. I'm going to get him. So Pat Boyd goes and he gets first and he wins the stage. Unfortunately, that was a totally different race. And the guy who led him there knew exactly where he was leading him, led him to the wrong race, even though he won that race the 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 organizers of that race declared him to finish last because he never started that race and the tour de france declared him last so he got double last places for two races on one day pat boyd how about that one tommy 
now Ben, now now you've got me to where I, I don't want to ride today. You you hated <laughs> my tires with this this whole story. All right, Tommy. Uh, I'm thinking you're going to tell me a, a heroic story. I've heard of the guy, but I've never heard this full story on. Oh, Tommy, none of these guys are heroes, except for maybe this guy. Have you ever been in a like? I know you ride like crazy, but have you ever been in one of those races where they like hand you the water, like marathons and stuff, and they got fans like here, Tommy, you're my favorite. Here's the water. Uh, you know what, Ben? I, I'm one of those. When I've when I've been into rides, I try not to take anything from anybody because you don't trust the them, right? The you don't trust them, right? Yeah. You, yeah. All right. No. 1947, the Kid Goat was the nickname of Jean Robich. Jean was one of the best riders, Tommy. He was like four foot nothing, 100 pounds dripping wet, and he had a steel plate in his head because he got in a huge accident in one of these races, and he thought he'd never come back, and the doctors patched him up and slapped him together, and in 1947, he was the favorite. And people are passing out water bottles now, and again, plastic bottles don't exist so these are like glass bottles that they're giving these guys and they gave when they saw the goat or the kid goat Jean Robich coming around they'd hand him bottles full of mercury and bottles full of lead what? He would drink. Are they trying to kill this guy? Yes. Yes. They were trying to poison him. He ended up feeling very sick and lost in 1947. Almost got last in the 1947 race because he drank some mercury, drank some lead, and almost died from poisoning. Don't take water so from those it, fans. So this is why you shouldn't, uh, if you leave your drink in the club, you shouldn't come back. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I got two more for you, Tommy. Let's go to okay. 1904, the second Tour de France ever. And this was known as the dirtiest race of all time. It almost stopped. After the second Tour de France, they're like, man, this is just full of cheaters like we got to just completely stop the race unfortunately they didn't they just made some better rules and had some better security but maurice garin in the second ever tour de france almost changed the game now this dude tommy he you would have probably been friends with this guy because this guy like drank wine and ate like yeah. hoagie sandwiches while he was riding in the tour de france i feel like that's what you'd be doing that's what I would do, Ben. Hey, you got you got to get yourself fueled up to ride. <laughs> What's better way than a hoagie and some wine? Well, this dude also started team riding without really starting team riding. He just had some like backup cronies that were a part of his pack and whatever. So he had a, a fellow friend. He was interviewed by the newspaper. Like, do you think you're going to win, Maurice? He's like, of course I'm going to win. I guarantee I'm going to win. And one of his friends during the interview said. Oh, well, I think I'm going to win, Maurice. And then Maurice started, like, stroking his chin. Turned out that friend didn't make it after stage one because the fellow Maurice Gorin crew or team took that guy out. And that's what started, like, team riding. It wasn't to draft. It wasn't to give a guy your bike. It was, like, to take the other guys out. And then they started human blockades. They broke their glass bottles. When they drink the water, they'd break the glass bottles in front of the other uh, riders. And this crew even took a train during one of the stages in the Tour de France, Tommy. Maurice Garin, one of the biggest cheaters ever in your sport. Wee oui, wee. Oui. <laughs> <laughs> but the best, this is the best. The first ever Tour de France was 1903, Tommy. And the dude that was, like, favored was named Hippolyte Arcotori. Let's just call him King Hippo. 
King Hippo, yeah. he looked like Bluto from like Popeye. Like this dude's like does not look like the Lance Armstrongs of the day. Does not look like he rides that much. But he was known as the best rider and went into the Tour de France as one of the favorites. And all the riders knew he was like the guy who couldn't be beat. So they poisoned him before the race. <laughs> Wait a minute, you poison King Hippo? Isn't that a rap name? <laughs> well, don't worry, Tommy. King Hippo recovers after stage two, but realizes he's down by a bunch and knows that he was poisoned. Dude was throwing up all over stage one, pooping himself like it was bad. And he knows like it's, something's wrong. What I had in the pre-race party before was definitely spiked or whatever. Probably left his drink at the club, Tommy. But then yeah. when he snaps out of it, he's like, you know what? I'm going to get these dudes. So the pace driver in the car was in cahoots with King Hippo. He had the pace driving car have a fishing line tied to the back bumper, tied to a cork on the other end. When no one was around and he got close enough to the car, the car would slow down so King Hippo could take that cork and put it in his mouth and ride behind the car the whole way as it pulled him up the hill. <laughs> ben, Ben Darnell. <laughs> you believe it? sounds that? like an episode of... of, uh, of uh, it's the Twilight Zone you're talking about. I know. It, he almost got away with it, Tommy, except the officials that also drove cars to the end, to the finish line, he only lost uh -huh. to them by one minute. So they were like, wait a second. <laughs> How is that possible? And then the jig was up, and then he got busted. And then King Hippo, I haven't heard of King Hippo since. I thought you were going to say that Scooby-Doo and them, those meddling <laughs> It could have been. It could have been who, who foiled the plan. But there you go, man. There's I would have won the first kid of practice if it wasn't for you meddling kids. <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus